There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. The Volume. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. Great podcast for 30 minutes today. John Middlecoff, former NFL scout, part of the volume team. His three and out podcast is money. But first, this baseball season continues to heat up. You could watch it on TV. But what's better than going to the park on a beautiful summer day with friends? For last minute, amazing deals on tickets. Check out. Game Time, the fastest growing ticket app in the United States. And it doesn't stop at just sports, summer concerts, comedy tours, all across the country. Game Time has your tickets. Download the Game Time app and the redeem code is Colin. That's me, C-O-L-I-N, $20 off your first purchase, 20 bucks. No matter where you live, go out, end the summer in style, comedy, baseball, concerts. It's the Game Time app. Last minute deals, lowest prices guaranteed. $20 off your first purchase, 20 bucks. Terms apply. Colin, uh, football season is upon us. Sun is out. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm, uh, you know, I was saying today, there's a lot more than you think. There are 10 teams in this league, and I won't count Tampa because I don't think they have what they perceive as a franchise quarterback in the building. There are 10 teams in this league from Mac Jones in New England, Kenny Pickett, Justin Fields, the Colts rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson. San Francisco, Brock Purdy. There's 10 teams in this league, Atlanta, Desmond Ritter, that are really in the, we hope we have the right guy in house stage. And so tonight, CJ Stroud is the first look we get at him. Now his numbers were very good in college, but you can go up and down the list the last 17 years, going back to Troy Smith, all Ohio State quarterbacks put up big numbers. So what was your, as a former NFL scout, what was your view your prospect profile of C.J. Stroud? You know, I wasn't the biggest fan because a lot like Mac Jones and even Tua, who, you know, last year was better than I thought he would be. I think he benefited a lot from playing with Tyreek Hill, who's just one of the great players of all time. But when you play with a team that has better wide receivers than you will have in the pros in college, 
And that offense, it's like with Mac, the one year in 2020, it was shooting fish in a barrel. But part of it was, you know, he's a pocket quarterback. He's throwing to wide open guys. But then in that Georgia game, he showed what I think the modern day quarterback needs to do, right? Keep plays alive with his legs, be a playmaker, very instinctive, playing against, I mean, all 11 of those guys. When you play Georgia, they're all in it. You're playing an NFL team, especially on defense. And he was he was awesome. And I think that changed the perspective around the league because the big knock on him, you know, kind of an old school pocket quarterback, easy offense, playing. He has way better athletes than the rest of his conference for sure, right? You know, all the teams they play in the Big Ten. But that game changed my opinion. And listen, D'Amico is just a stud. And to me, he's the real deal. And if he signed off on you, Casario, kind of old school Belichick, they're big on character. So that they really like this guy. Now, I, I don't have inside information. A lot of people thought the owner was force feeding it on them, which, which yeah. you know, that can happen. That guy signs the checks and he's a little kooky. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was definitely more bullish based on that big time performance, right? Because it it really was. Yeah. It, it was not. It was one of the better performances of the season. Any player. Yeah, well, Justin Herbert, game against Wisconsin, people thought he was mechanical. Then he ran against the Badgers, and Tom Telesco, the Chargers, told me he was there, and it was it was a wow moment. Yeah. It's like, well, he's making all Big Ten defensive players in Jim Leonard's system miss completely in open space. And Telesco said, he said, you know, I had this high appraisal of Tua, and then I sat there and watched how big and lean and quick he was, and, and Badger linebackers who are all conference are missing on him in space completely. And it's like, oh, okay, we've got a franchise quarterback. So I do think a lot of times college coaches, John, if they don't have a capable backup and are playing for what they perceive to be an elite bowl game or championship, they don't run their star quarterback until the last game of the season. No, yeah, for sure. And that's where I think the evaluation process can be very difficult, right? Because it's not often... Right. When you're an offensive tackle and I think, hey, you might be a top 50 player and you don't play one guy who's going to get drafted off the edge. Right. If you're in, let's say, the Mountain West Conference or it's like, yeah, I think he's got all the skills and he's got the intangibles, but I've never really seen him until the senior bowl, which an all star game is not a regular season game. It's why the SEC thrives because you go, well, that's an NFL player. That's an NFL player. And for three straight weeks, they're, they're going to battle with third rounder, second rounders, and it makes the evaluation. That's why sometimes small school guys, they get drafted high. Sometimes they hit, and sometimes they're just big whiffs. And, and honestly, it happens at Ohio State and Alabama, too, but a little, little, less, little less likely. You feel pretty good when you draft a guy from Georgia right, or Michigan right now than when you draft some of these random schools. Well, yeah, and his comp has been Jared Goff. Jared Goff was a wreck when he had the wrong staff. Yeah. Then when he had McVay, he got to a Super Bowl. So if you tr- you're betting, really, if you trust Amico Ryan's, then C.J. Stroud's story probably has a happy ending. Because I don't think, I said this today on FS1, the NFL only gives us about one every five years. Burrow and Andrew Luck, a quarterback good enough to overcome nonsense. Bad O-line, bad coach. Burrow did it, right? Burrow, we didn't know the coach. We don't love the owner. The organization's wonky. Uh, Bad O-line got hurt. Burrow just overcame it. Andrew Luck. Luck did it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as good as Trevor Lawrence and Herbert are, they had to get the right coach to get like like playoff wins. So I think Luck and Burrow in the last, I think Caleb Williams has some of that secret sauce too. But I think CJ Stroud falls into the Jared Goff. Right coach, right direction, probably succeeds. Now, two revelations on TV this week. 
uh, as a scout, the Johnny Manziel Netflix story where he didn't watch tape. Now, I was told for years by people inside the building with the Steelers that Big Ben would watch tape during practice, you know, nine in the morning, eight in the morning till four or five in the afternoon. But he would never take it home. Is that what Johnny Manziel was saying? Or is Johnny saying, you know, I, I didn't even really give a shit in the meetings because if he watched it in the facility and he just didn't take it home, Big Ben wasn't known as a voracious consumer of tape at home. You don't have a choice when you're in the building because the majority of your day is in a meeting room, right? You're only on the practice yeah. for two hours. So even if you're putting up seven, eight hour day, there are meetings, position meetings, group meetings. If you're just awake, you're going to see it. I, I think what he was saying is, is I did nothing beside what was mandatory of the rest of the team. And to me, my take this week was simply the majority of guys in the NFL are not Mahomes, Josh Allen, Trent Williams, Micah Parsons, are not the elite guys. The majority, just like in any business, are just all kind of in the same level, right? Now, because the NFL is such a competitive industry, if you don't do everything to maximize it, you have no shot. And I'll never forget, I think one of his first games, because a huge part of his success in college was running around, right? It was yeah. running around. He Even he said, this was like the best throw of my career. I think it was a game against Alabama. It's not like throwing... I mean, he was obviously played quarterback, but he was known for his athleticism and making plays with yeah. his legs. Yeah. And then when he got to the NFL, I think they were playing. It was either his first or second star. I thought it was, I think it was a Thursday night game. And Luke Keekley, for every step Johnny took, Luke was taking about three and caught him within two seconds. And Johnny didn't even get close to running around like he was used to playing. Even obviously the SEC has fantastic athletes. And I went, this is not going to work. And, and I thought he was a pretty intriguing prospect, but didn't have a great arm. And then when you factor in, Zero work ethic. I mean, I watched it with my girlfriend. She looked at me like, this guy's a loser. You know, and that, that's just that position doesn't translate to being a loser. The difference with Roethlisberger, elite physical attributes, right? Yes. I mean, so you can get by with a little less work ethic. Shaquille O'Neal, Ben Roethlisberger, they're outliers physically, but he was, you know, much closer to the rest of the pack. And you're either growing or you're dying. And it's every team in the league has the saying, like, you're either getting better, you're getting worse, nobody stays the same, because it is kind of true, right? The thing that right. makes Mahomes or Josh Allen or even the great players, Bosa, they're constantly getting better, even if it's just incremental, and they're already way past you. So when you kind of are average, and then you just don't improve it or don't even try, that's, that honestly, is pretty embarrassing. You know, it, it really was. To, like, take pride in not trying, like, this is a pretty big deal. Yeah, no, I, I think... um it's it's kind of that Baker, Texas, Oklahoma attitude. Yeah. You know, it's kind of I, I've seen this Jay Cutler, kind of the Southern attitude kind of um, there's a coolness and a casual nature of it. Like I'm town. Will, Will Levis has some of this. Uh, it's kind of a cool. I'm quarterback. Got a little attitude. Going to show off the gun show. And they almost take pride. And I'm so talented. I don't have to grind. You know, Brady and Eli Manning. Uh, um, I mean, take Brady, not cool, a grinder, Russell Wilson, some say cringy, Kirk Cousins, you know, like not cool. But I, I, I see Johnny Manziel and it, it, it reminds me a lot of Baker where it was like he's almost more concerned about being viewed as cool than winning football games. You, you know, I heard you say something today on the radio show that and I've always thought this for years is the disingenuous nature of the media when they get uncomfortable with the questions that are asked during the draft period. It's yeah. like, 
a team is not just hiring some 23 year old out of Oklahoma to pay him 75 grand. If they're drafting the guy in the top 15, they are paying him millions of dollars. Any other company that was making an acquisition, you know, first a top 10 pick is getting 20, 25, 30 million dollars guaranteed. You do a lot of, I don't know, due diligence, right? When you make an acquisition of a business, you, the business is the person. So what are you going to do? You're going to look into the person. And sometimes you got to ask uncomfortable questions. And where do they usually come from? Your scouts, when they go into these schools, being alerted to this stuff. It's not like yes. they just pull them out of thin air. The, the, the G, most of these GMs never enter the schools until the draft process starts around the combine when they're given all this information to, hey, we need to look into this, this, and this. And sometimes that opens doors into other things. But the majority of the NFL, and you know a bunch of these guys, you've been talking to them for a long, are high-level guys. You don't have to spend that much time on their character. But there is a percentage, especially that are drafted pretty high, that have some red flags that you have to ask uncomfortable questions. Yeah, hey, Lane Kiffin told me years ago he begged Al Davis not to draft Jamarcus Russell. Wanted Calvin Johnson, right? That's a high-character, all-time great player. Yeah, so... Um, you know, you, you, and Johnny Manziel was telling you what he was. Yeah. You know, pe- what Maya Angelou, people tell you who they are, believe, believe them. them. Yeah. He was bragging about money and, you know, the, the money sign. He told you who he was. Cleveland didn't want to listen. All right. The other TV revelation, not sure if it's a revelation, but um, I thought, I thought HBO, Aaron's using it as a rebrand. I'm a good guy. I get along with others. I'm not selfish. I'm not arrogant. Um, and I think Tom Brady had a bit of a rebrand when he went to Tampa. Like, hey, I have a personality. I'm fun. It's helped his business and endorsements. Sure. I thought Aaron came across as, hey, man, I got to do this thing. I'm going to rebrand it. It's it, it. And I think you can watch HBO and Aaron are trying to convince you, hey, I'm a different guy and I'm not the bad guy the media portrays me as. I don't think it's wrong. I think it's pretty smart, but that's how it felt to me. It's a rebrand. Aaron's all in and HBO's helping him. And I'm not criticizing HBO. I think they think that's an interesting, captivating part of the the Jet story. Well, it totally is. I've been out on hard knocks. Every other show eventually gets canceled or stops and that keeps going. But if you're just going to give me Aaron Rodgers, Hackett and Sala for four episodes, I'm in. Because I don't care about the random undrafted free agent that's eventually going to get cut. But I can watch Aaron Rodgers and Hackett figure out this offense. like That That to me is intriguing. He's done a rebrand really since he showed up, right? I mean, the whole thing of being there in the offseason, taking all the young guys out to Madison Square Garden, going to the concerts with, the, again, the young guys, which was the issue last year. Hey, Aaron, we got a lot of young right. guys. I'm not coming in the offseason. Then he pulls the Brady, which he deserves credit for because I don't care who you are. $35 million, a lot of money, gives it back to help the team. And he even said, it's not even just for this year. It's about the big picture. I'm in. I believe what they say. And they've clearly done a good job of this process of him believing, trusting them. You and I talked about it a couple weeks ago. I think it's easier, too, when the super rich owner tells you, like, hey, man, I'll cut this check for this guy. We'll do this guy. I'll tell Joe we have no problem trading a first-round pick next year if we need to go get our Trent Williams. or We'll do whatever it takes for you. Right, a little NBA style. And that's how I think he's being treated, a lot like Tom was treated. So it's easy to be happy when everyone's kind of kissing your ass. So like, let's face it, they're kissing his ass, as they should be. They're desperate. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of times um, the Dallas Cowboys are brought up, and I'm, and I'm guilty of this, and I don't think I'm guilty. I just think this is my business plan, is 
When I was a local radio host, you would talk about local teams. When I got the syndicated job, it became very obvious to me that you couldn't just talk any team you wanted to, that you had to talk the biggest brands yeah. and that would accumulate the largest audience. So very early, I was into Brady and LeBron, Notre Dame football, Duke basketball, Yankees baseball. I've moved off baseball a lot since the 20 years ago that I started doing it, uh, syndicated radio. But the Dallas Cowboys, the Packers, the Steelers have a lot of reach. But I actually think this version of Dallas this season is kind of fascinating Dak, and there's a clear correlation, the more you ask of him, the more mistakes he makes. I mean, there's a line of Dak markation, 35 or more throws, he's way under 500, 33 or fewer, he's a really good quarterback. And so his most efficient year as a pro was year one, Zeke, number two in rushing yards, best O-line in football, Dak was on the cheap. The next year, year two, John, if you remember, Zeke suspended six games. In those six games, Dak had five touchdowns and seven picks. The minute you asked him to do more, he provided more mistakes. Yeah. So here we go into this year. He's been a pro bowler twice in both those years. Zeke led the NFL in rushing attempts and yards. Zeke's gone. O-line rebuild. Working in a new receiver lost an elite offensive coordinator, and Dak now is having a camp full of interceptions. I I love this defense. What are we going to get from Dak this year? Because there is a correlation. The more you need, the more mistakes you get. It's not arguable at this point. I think... Uh I'm I'm not just saying this because you're here. I, I I make a point to listen to you have Albert Breer on every week. I, I think he's he can articulate he's he's to me one of the best hybrid of just knowing guys in the league, articulating what's going on and, and just and being able to report just his interactions with people. And he said something to you about what McCarthy said to him about they're asking Dak to ad lib and be a little bit more of a playmaker. And when I heard that, my jaw dropped. Like Mike, th- this is not Aaron Rodgers here, buddy. The reason he was a fourth round pick because his physical attribute, he's a good athlete. He does not have a great arm. The clip of there was a pick, I don't know, he's throwing a bunch, but yesterday or the day before, yes. uh, and like a post route where Diggs undercut it. Rogers, y- you can miss that ball deep. You can't miss it short. That's where the ball Ever. always gets picked off. And to me, Dak is much closer from an arm standpoint to uh, Alex Smith, to uh, Kirk Cousins play within the context of the offense. I can have Rodgers, Allen, or Mahomes at living because they're throwing 100 miles an hour. So, well, who did McCarthy have the most success with his career? Aaron Rodgers. So maybe in his mind, he's thinking that if that if that is honestly their mindset, I think they're batshit crazy. And, and that is going to be a disaster of just trying to have him be a quote-unquote playmaker. The reason Cousins is having so much success over the last four or five years, statistically, and his teams that their defense is good, consistently go to play. He just plays within the offense. And when Dak does that, he's pretty good too. But when he starts ad-libbing, I, I do. I mean, that pass, his, his arm is actually, for a guy that's big, right? Just because if you've ever met Alex Smith, he's 6'4", right? Just because you're 6'4", does not mean you throw 100 miles an hour, right? Pedro Martinez was short. He threw 97. So Tim Linscombe was small. Some small guys throw harder. Baker actually has a pretty good arm for a small guy. Oh, right? Aaron Rodgers... Is six one and a half two eighteen? Kyler got a freaking hose. Yeah, so it just it, it doesn't translate. So I maybe it's because they're not as confident. Pollard's a little more of a hybrid back, not a true like 
pound it between the tackles Emmett Smith style. But last time I checked, when they were winning a bunch, Troy Aikman wasn't a big ad-libber, right? He just kind of just played the position like it's supposed to be played. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward draft coverage. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports, like all-time NCAA scoring leader Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, and many of the upcoming NFL and NBA first-round picks. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out the most popular trading card brands like Prism, Select, Don Russ, and more. For those NFL draft fans, get real-time trading cards after players are picked with Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Coward Draft coverage. Is there a team? Um, Carolina, for me, they played the Packers yesterday and gave Aaron some trouble. Um, I, I have, you know, there's always a team in this league that doubles their win total. So last year, my big one was Minnesota. Now they didn't double their win total, but I said most improved team in the league. So, yeah. So I got that one right. I, there's something about Carolina. I love Reich. He, he makes your quarterback more efficient. I think Bryce Young is one of those lower ceiling, but ready to play today. I think their front seven's good. I think their own line, due to the draft last couple of years, is now more than competent. Um, you know, and the division's a little vulnerable. Carolina's my, as 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 Aaron Rodgers found out in the inner squad scrimmage, they got dudes. Yeah, they got real they dudes. Got talent. Um, do you have a team like that for you that you just people look at it and say five or six, and you're like, uh, I watched Carolina a couple games last year without Reich. They're they're spicy. Yeah, they can play. They, they definitely have a lot of talent. They they uh, the team I told you. I think we talked about this over the summer was Washington. I'm going to throw that take into the garbage. <laughs> I'm not going there. I, and I was kind of <laughs> low on the Giants. I thought they would come back. But the one thing, if Darren Waller is healthy and high at the receiver from Tennessee that is running like Hussein Bolt, no one can can cover him. They might actually. Ha- and now Saquon's in a good place. They, maybe they get back to 10, 11. To me, the team. Talking with some people in Jacksonville, I don't know how great the defense is going to be, but the division stinks. Could they be a top two or three offense in the league? I mean, Doug Peterson is just tailor-made for modern-day NFL. His personality, his understanding, like obviously he's the play caller. He succeeded there. Him dealing with Trevor. Trevor last year, what, 25 touchdowns? Could this year be one of those like 38 touchdowns? You get Calvin Ridley, who I'm told is just 
they're blown away by him. We saw Christian Kirk was a really good signing for him. ETN's like the modern day hybrid back. Now you you never want to discount Tennessee, and I have, but I do. You know, you, you got to take Vrabel very seriously. I think in a in a coaching draft, he'd be a top five pick. I mean, he's the real deal. But the, right. the talent's just not quite there. Could be a little bit of a you know comeback year. So I think the Jags. I don't like them as a Super Bowl contender just because their defense is going to be good enough. But last year, I don't want to call it hollow because that was a big year, especially based on the urban year. But I think this year could be feel more real than last year was. And you could kind of see like they're a piece or two away on defense. Maybe get their Nick Bosa or their Brian Burns or something, then watch out. Well, yeah, I thought they played the Chiefs twice last year. And I literally watching both games, I had the same feeling. It's like the NBA playoffs, Denver two years ago. Sacramento this year in the NBA. They're just not ready to win big close games yet. I think the Kings will be next year yeah. with De'Aaron Fox. And I watched Jacksonville. I thought, oh, they're a year away. They need to lose to Kansas City twice. They don't know how to win. They don't, they don't know how to put those 12 play drives together the way Mahomes and Reed and Kelsey. They, they're good. They don't know how to manipulate games. So Jacksonville, I think, has to get to that point. And that's a real thing. Like, the really good teams. New England manipulated games where they were outplayed. I think Kansas City does that. I think, yeah. And I'm like, Jacksonville just has talent. They just don't know how to mani- They don't know how to win games. They don't play perfect football. Well, they might win or lose the game, but the three guys in the AFC, Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow, never walk on the field against the other guy. And definitely the rest of the league thinking that they're not the best player on the field and they're going to win the fucking game. And I wonder if Trevor... You know, for the first time in the league, had a taste of that last year, had the big, you know, had it couldn't have gone any worse, right? He, he basically, if he was a golfer, hit like seven shots out of bounds on the first hole in the first half against the Chargers. And then to me, the mental fortitude, I mean, that, that he easily could have gone in the tank and no one would have blamed him. Like, you know, first playoff taste, bad game, threw a bunch of picks. He did not flinch, came back, made a bunch of plays. So I would expect just a massive year from him. And, and to me, Doug, has a personality a lot like Andy, very even keel, not a big screamer, offensive guy, former quarterback, you know, just kind of, he's just an NFL guy. He just, he just gets pros. And I think he's going to be really good for them. He has been. Um, one thing you touched on this week, and I want to bring it back for people that didn't hear it, is your take on Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy, where Ron not only stepped in it, he created it yeah. with the comments about Bieniemy. Take our audience here back to that because I thought it was a, a poignant uh, point about um, in the NFL. There's enough landmines. Don't throw your own grenades. Well, to me, there's a reason, and I don't blame coaches for lying. Right? It's not. It doesn't behoove them to give out information that just creates chaos. Most people on the team are well under 30, live on their phone. You got to be very careful. It's why so many coaches don't really say anything. And when they do, it all leans positive. For him to come out and acknowledge, it'd be one thing, right, if there was something simmering, there was a powerful story from a wicker sham from The Athletic, would be like, what's going on? He gets asked about it, and he kind of steps on it. You would understand it. Maybe you got cornered a little bit in a press conference. That was not the case at all. I don't know about you. I hadn't heard anything. Right? Unless you knew a player or someone on the staff, no one would have been talking about it. So for him just to acknowledge that was borderline unprecedented. I mean, you you never see that in the NFL unless, you know, is, is he already trying to point the finger at him? He sees it not going well. Ron, the thing, it's not like Ron is some 
modern day progressive, easygoing NFL coach. This guy's an old school screamer, yeller, defensive guy. So he wouldn't have a problem with you coaching hard. Does he think it's not going well? Does he does he see our quarterback situation is a disaster? I've seen some headlines multiple times. Part of the reason I started getting off them before this story even kind of came out because of Ron was because he kept mentioning Jacoby Brissett. He kept, don't sleep on Jacoby Brissett. I know. And, and I went, what? We've seen Jacoby. Just keep him as your backup. What, what, are, what are we talking about? So maybe there's some butting of heads when it comes to personnel. You got new ownership. Let's face it. If if Ron were to go 7 and 10, or like his, he will he's not done. only get fired, he's never going to get a head coaching job again. Like this is his career's over. So it, it did feel a little bit like he's pointing the finger. Uh it, not just a bizarre story, just one you never see. You never see. Coaching hard? What, what does that even mean? You go to a practice in high school, people are getting screamed at. It's not even that weird. John Middlecoff, Go Low is his golf podcast, and Three and Out is his football podcast, full of information. This is fun. We'll be doing it every week during the NFL season. I'm watching the game starting tonight and all weekend. Can't wait, and we'll talk soon. Have a good weekend, Colin. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.